This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Stu does America. Get your Stu Does America merch for Christmas. StuDoesMerch.com. We've got anyone but Biden 24. We've got Bidenomics Strikes Back. We've got Santifa Claus for the holidays. Use the code Stu10 for 10% off. StuDoesMerch.com. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel, like the video, and hit the bell for the reminders. We've got a lot of election coverage coming up you're not going to want to miss. And we thank you so much for listening on podcasts as well. Make sure to add the podcast to your feed because it's great and you're going to love it. Stephen Kent is here to defend free speech on social media. Media. Sarah Gonzalez is going to help us break down the new numbers on the pandemic's education effect. But we start by doing the return of bin Laden. Who saw this coming? I mean, 2023 has been pretty screwed up, but I don't know that I saw the return of bin Laden coming, but it, it's here. Apparently, Osama bin Laden's infamous letter to America after 9-11 has been promoted by TikTok influencers and has gone viral. Mm-hmm. There you go. Look at that. Aren't you excited? I mean, look, we know the country is stupid, but you're not going to believe how stupid they are. It really, really is dumb. And apparently a bunch of anti-Semites, too, uh, on, on uh, TikTok. Who knew? Who knew the Chinese government was going to provide a service where anti-Semitism would thrive? It's a real shocker, isn't it? Um, now, uh, it's funny because we did this on radio a little bit earlier. And you go and you look for the letter to, to America from bin Laden. There's actually two of them, which is interesting. And it's hard to know. Seemingly, both of them are making the rounds. Which one? It's hard to know which one actually went viral or which one they're complaining about. Um, the one I read this morning, and we went through in, at length in the third hour of radio, which is worth going back and listening to, especially Bin Laden's critique of global warming. Uh, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, but that one was written and actually found in his, uh, you know, I don't know, hut, compound, boudoir, um, when he when, when they went and got Bin Laden. So they found that one. I don't know if that's the one that went viral, or it, I think it's the, maybe the one from 2002, as the Fox News headline says. So I don't know. We went through the 2009 one. I think it was 2009. The 2009 one on radio, so you can go back and listen to that. Let's go through the other one here on today's program. The Guardian, however, you can see why I wasn't sure which one was which. The Guardian removed the letter uh, after TikTok influencers unearthed pro-terror screed. Now, I get the, 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 the idea there, right? Osama bin Laden was a murderous killer, a terrorist. Spreading his ideas may be not a good thing. I get that. I understand that. But it, is that the right way to treat this? I mean, it, I don't think so. Uh, you know, we don't we don't get removed Mein Kampf from uh, from libraries. We study it. We want to make sure we know that what was said, and so it doesn't happen again. Or if you are on the modern left, apparently you want a playbook for the future. But either way, whatever way you want to uh, have uh, have at it, you can read Mein Kampf. It's a crap heap of a book, and it has a lot of terrible ideas in it. But that doesn't mean we erase it from history. We need to understand the evil that is in that book. We need to understand how people get uh, influenced and inspired to do terrible things. If we don't understand that, I mean, I think we're, we're much more liable to repeat it. And 
I, I just I think it's a bad precedent to set to to delete from a news site. I mean, you know, look, it's not necessarily appropriate for kids, but a news site. I, I don't know. The Guardian deleting it is very strange. You can't just delete history because people appropriated in some way that you don't like. And look, I don't like the way they were appropriated. I, I don't like the fact that idiot teenagers are on TikTok thinking uh, that Osama bin Laden has some brilliant insight into the world. I don't like that at all, but we shouldn't be hiding uh, what terrible people say. We should be exposing it. And instead of uh, hiding from it, showing everyone where he's wrong. We used to do some of that today, but first I've got to show you some of the TikTokers who do this. And there's multiple things I want to point out on this, but I want you to look for one specific thing, which is this idiotic certainty. I say this all the time, the intersection of certainty and ignorance. When you're standing in the middle of those two roads, you're liable to get run over again and again and again. Um, and what you see here is like these idiotic social media nut jobs out there not only acting certain about something they know nothing about, and also, you know, just blabbering on as if it changed their life in some ridiculous way, but they talk about it with all the certainty and all the passion of like finding a new, uh, you know, uh, scalloped potatoes recipe that's changed their life. It's just so infuriating, watch. This morning I read Letter to America, which is Osama bin Laden's letter to America explaining why he attacked Americans. And I am ashamed to say that I not only have never read this letter, but I didn't even know this letter existed. It's wild and everyone should read it. If you haven't read it yet, read it. However, be forewarned, that this has left me very disillusioned and I feel the same exact way I felt when I was deconstructing Christianity. I feel yeah, what a, shock. Uh, a little bit just confused like I have entered into another timeline. You, what is you this? You sound confused too. And yeah, so go read it. So I just read a letter to America and I will never look at life the same. I will never look at <laughs> Come on. this country the same. I will never. I please read it. All right, you got, it, I can't do any more of this now. <laughs> if you have some opinion on terrorism and Osama bin Laden and aren't aware that Osama bin Laden didn't like Jews, which is basically what the letter says. I, maybe you weren't smart enough to have an opinion on this. Maybe you should read more than one letter to form your opinion. That's just a basic line. Now, a lot of people didn't want, to, want you to see this. I want you to know what was in this letter. I think you're an adult and you can handle it. Um, let me give you some of the pieces of it and we'll go through it. And also, I want to tell you about the best point. And I'm just going to tell you this. It's my point. It's the best point of anybody who's going to talk to you about this today. I have it. It's in my back pocket right now. I'm going to bring it out in just a second. But I want you to think about this for a second. I have the best point on this story. Nobody else has it. I have it. I'm about to bring it to you here in just a minute. Here's what Osama bin Laden said in his letter to America from 2002. Why are we fighting and opposing you, meaning the United States? The answer is very simple, because you attacked us and continue to attack us. You attacked us in Palestine. Palestine, which has sunk under military occupation for more than 80 years. The British handed over Palestine with your help and support and the, to the Jews, who have occupied it for more than 50 years, overflowing with oppression, tyranny, crimes, killing, expulsion, destruction, and devastation. 
annexation, the creation and continuation of Israel is one of the greatest crimes and you are the leaders of its criminals. Now, look, this is, you know, boilerplate speech from Rashida Tlaib, basically. That's that's all this is. There's nothing innovative or amazing in it. It's just the generic complaint of a Hamas member, right? He wasn't in Hamas, of course, but, you know, I'm saying it's basically the same exact thing. Nothing, this should not be changing your life's perspective. It's very, very basic if you have any understanding of these issues whatsoever. And of course, it's also filled with lies and anti-Semitism. Of course, there is no need to explain and prove the degree of American support for Israel. The creation of Israel is a crime which much must be erased. Each and every person whose hands have become polluted in the contribution toward this crime must pay its price and pay for it heavily. It brings us both laughter and tears to see that you have not yet tired of repeating your fabricated lies that the Jews have a historical right to Palestine. Also parts of it known as Judea and Samaria. Um, with them, uh, the alleged fact accused of anti-Semitism. This is one of the most fallacious, uh, widely circulated fabrications in history. The people of Palestine are pure Arabs and original Semites, and it is the Muslims who are the inheritors of Moses, peace be upon him, and the inheritors of the real Torah that has not been changed. The blood pouring out of Palestine must be equally revenged. Now remember, they're accusing Israel of genocide. So what does that mean for you? I got news for you, all you people that were showing more than your eyes when you're females in those TikTok videos, you're not going to like the end of that question. I'll tell you that. You uh, must know that the Palestinians do not cry alone. Their women are not women al uh, widowed alone. Their sons are not orphaned alone. It is commanded by our religion and our intellect that the oppressed have a right to return the aggression. Do not await anything from us but jihad, resistance, and revenge. It is, is it in any rational way to expect that after America has attacked us for more than half a century, that we will leave her to live in security and peace. You are the nation that per per permits usury, which has been forbidden by all the religions. And just to stop, usury is interest. So do you have a mortgage on your house? Now I know you idiot on TikTok don't have a job or a house, but mommy's got a mortgage and that's illegal in the society that you're talking about and praising oh so much. Yet you build your economy and investments as you, on usury. Uh, on, as a result of this, in all of its different forms and guises, the Jews have taken control of your economy. Uh, again, uh, typical anti-Semitic, Jews run the economy. I'm surprised Hollywood wasn't mentioned in here. Uh, they have taken control of your media. Oops, I forgot it was. I mean, basically, your media. And now control all aspects of life, making you their servants and achieving their aims at your expense. Precisely what Ben Franklin warned you against. Ben Franklin. I, I must have missed that speech from Ben Franklin uh, where he said the Jews run the media. Um, this is generic boilerplate anti-Semitism, like not even like clever or hidden. This is uh, blatant in your face anti-Semitism. It's blaming the Jews for all the world's problems. It's saying that Israel's creation was a crime. Meaning that, like, it can't exist. They're, Israel's destruction is the number one goal. This is not like, hey, I think the American government has been, has gone on too many foreign adventures and uh, they have uh, tried to do too much around the world and need to restrain themselves. That's not what this is saying. It's saying eliminate America, el eliminate Israel, eliminate mortgages. It's all sorts of terrible things. That doesn't even get into their views on women or gay people or other minorities. I mean, like, this is not a good group of people. 
But that, none of that is, that's just me reading that thing to you. And you can see it's basic anti-Semitism. But I want to make something very, very clear. And this is the best point about the story. I found it. I have it for you today. And like, we can all look at the, the idiotic people on TikTok who will say, oh, gosh, we, we'll step back and we'll say, hey, I can't believe these people are agreeing with this. And I can't believe it either. It shows so many problems about what has gone on with our society. But the number one thing that you need to actually understand about this story is I read this letter from Osama bin Laden. There's no freaking way any of those people on TikTok actually read it. It's 3,840 words. The people you're looking at on TikTok don't even know 3,840 words. They've never read, that's like multiple pages we're talking about here. There's no chance any of them actually read it. Did they read a sentence from it? Did someone pull a quote out and put it on TikTok and they read that and they decided they agree with it? That's possible. But the truth is none of them actually read it. Not only are they idiots, they're also lying to you. I promise zero percent of them read the letter. And that's the problem. None of them read anything. In fact, what we're finding now more and more and more is Americans are flocking to TikTok for their news. Look at this chart. This is this is the Chinese Communist Party trying to give you news. And what do Americans do? Eat it up. Giant spoonful by giant spoonful. Since 2020 to 2023, an increase of 22% to 43%. They've doubled, doubled the percentages of people getting their news from freaking TikTok. 43% now only outdone by Twitter, which by the way is also a freaking dumpster fire. Look, this is, there's not a lot of positives here in this monologue. Maybe Sarah Gonzalez will have something positive for us. Also, maybe not. I should warn you uh, for that potential possibility. Sarah Gonzalez joins us next. One thing I love is food. Yes, I know you're surprised. You're looking at me like, I don't know. He might not eat enough. Uh, yes, technically I actually do. Maybe a little bit more than I need to. And factor meal delivery gives me great food and actually helps me eat the right amount of the right things. Not junk food, not fried foods, actually good, delicious food. This is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, and they can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, uh, lunch, dinner, with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and you'll stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. And the only way to stay on track with a healthy lifestyle is you get healthy food, given to you that you don't have to prepare and then you just heat it up and it tastes really delicious and you don't know that you're eating healthy. That's my only way to do it. This November, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Just use, uh, choose your meals. Enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered right to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Choose from more than 35 week, uh, weekly flavor-packed, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your uh, meal preferences. If you know, you're a vegetarian, you want keto, whatever you got, they'll do it for you. Factormeals.com slash America50 is the place to go. Uh, the code is America50. You'll get 50% off right now. The promo code is America50 at factormeals.com slash America50. Get 50% off right now with Factor Meal Delivery. 
I'm joined once again by Sarah Gonzalez, host of the news and why it matters right here on Blaze TV. And Sarah, I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of shows with you over the years now, and I feel like we have a similar um, tolerance for stupidity, which yeah. is very small. Yes. And oftentimes we rant about how stupid people are, but I didn't think we'd get to the point where we'd have a bunch of people on TikTok praising Osama bin Laden. I mean, I... I did not see that see that in our timeline in no. 2023 happening. I didn't. It's so I gotta embarrassing. Be well, I mean, from the terrorists who are on TikTok, maybe. Yes. Not the Chinese government. Yes, I could see that. Right, mm -hmm. right. Not from like Americans. Yeah. No, didn't see that coming. Are you surprised that so many people in this country really have no perspective as to what the rest of the world is like? You know. You don't have to. You don't need to travel to Gaza City to realize it wasn't a fun life before October seventh. Like, yeah, this is a pretty cool place to live. It's a pretty great country. There's a lot going on here. I mean, I can't believe these people are so negative about it. Well, the thing is, I can believe actually that people don't have that perspective. What is hard to believe is that they don't have the perspective, but think that they do. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> the thing that for me, uh, it's like, I understand you live in a very privileged place. You don't understand how things work. You, we all should be willing to recognize if you're not studying up on this stuff, it's okay if you don't know, but what you don't do is go on TikTok and make an insufferable video about how now you're on Team Bin Laden <laughs> because you've just read some heartfelt message that he has written, you know, so, some compassionate message that he has written. And by the way, we should definitely take Osama Bin Laden at his word. Oh, yeah. Very seriously. I'm sure he really meant it. Yeah, he's a really uh, balanced uh, commentator <laughs> on these yeah. issues. But one of the things that's fascinating about it is it's admitting You've never thought about this before, right? <laughs> like any person who's formed an opinion on September 11th or Islamic terrorism in general should have read that letter mm -hmm. and be able to look at it. And I mean, if you really did agree with it, you should have agreed with it 10 years ago. Right. How is it hating you for the first time that he has an argument that that, you know, Israel's mean to Palestine? Like this is not breaking news. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I again, I. It's really sad because I, I really do strongly feel like all of these people who, I mean, these Gen Z people, mm -hmm. oh, you yeah. people, Gen <laughs> Z, um, I really worry that they are not going to understand, they're not going to have this perspective until there is another 9-11 type event, until there is another, you know, domestic terrorist uh, attack on, well, a terrorist attack on our soil. I, th I feel like it's going to take something like that to wake these people up because, like I said, it's not just that they know so little. It's that they know so little and think they know it all. Yeah, it's that, it, it's it's that intersection of uh, ignorance and s certainty. Yes. Like, it's one thing to have one of those two characteristics, but when you're sure about it and you don't know anything about it, that's a really dangerous place to stand. Yeah. Um, is this just a giant failure of our education system? I think yes. I think yes. I mean, you've got a public education system that's more focused on indoctrinating people mm -hmm. rather than actually teaching history. And this is how you end up with a bunch of pro-Palestinian protesters rallies in the streets where they're calling for, you know, Israel's demise. Yeah. They don't know any better because this is what they're being fed by the indoctrination camp. I'm amazed, too, that like September 11th specifically, like. I'm sure it's mentioned maybe at some point in school, right? Like, I'm sure some classes yeah. teach it. And I'm not saying a five-year-old needs to learn about, uh, right. just as we would make the argument with sexuality, like maybe there's years that that's not appropriate. Yeah. 
However, like that really should be taught just like we were taught about, I don't know, Pearl Harbor, right? Like this is a major event in, in American history. And I feel like a lot of these people, while yes, I can call them stupid and they're ignorant and all these other things, it's also like they don't seem to have any tie to this event. Mm -hmm. right. I didn't feel like, oh, well, you know what? I actually heard Emperor Hirohito's argument on, on Pearl Harbor and it kind of won me over. Like that wasn't happening a while ago, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I really I want to get back to what you said about them being stupid. Yes. Because I, I do, I, I don't think that that can be overstated, yeah. how stupid mm -hmm. these people actually are. <laughs> and again, so true. I, do, I do put a lot of that blame on the public education system. Yeah, and of course it's not working at all. We have new numbers out from the government uh, that talks about uh, there's 97,600 public schools in the United States, which is uh, about 97,600 too many. Yeah, that's horrifying. Just to, <laughs> if anyone wants to know. Because um, I would love it to all be private, mm -hmm. honestly. But, or homeschool, one of the two. Yeah. But uh, 97,600 public schools um, during the 2020 to 2021 school year. So you're not talking about the one that ended with COVID, like, you know, we're in March and like a lot of people, you know, pretty much everyone just ended the school year and that spring break, right. or at least it was here in Texas. The next year we're talking about 88% of those schools operated in hybrid mode. Some people going to school, some people staying at home, alternate days, not going all the time. You're on Zoom half the time. And of course, as the report lays out, that didn't work very well. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was well, shocked too. I'm hearing this for the first time. Mm. I had no idea it would turn out that way for them. I know. It's a bizarre thing that could happen, but I, everyone should have known. You know, I mean, uh, besides the fact that it was, I think, relatively obvious very early in the COVID yes. situation that kids could go back to school. Even if you didn't know that information, you had to be aware that this was going to be a massive problem for kids. And they seem shocked by it. it yes. And by the way, you know, remember, we were working in a time where we were supposed to cater to the teachers, not the students, yeah. because apparently the public education system is not about the students at all. It's about the teachers, mm -hmm. because that's what we were constantly fed after we kept pointing out, rightfully so, kids are not at, you know, high risk to this for any sort of negative long-term consequences. Kids wholly, for the most part, are not dying from this. This mm -hmm. is not a danger to an average child. Stop masking them. Stop taking them out of school. Let them go back and have a normal childhood because you're going to give them mental illness. And it turns out that's exactly what these people did because they were too worried about getting the teachers unions more free stuff. Yeah. So the teachers unions used this as some sort of leverage to make sure that they could get raises and they could get all of these, you know, uh, pet projects done because that was really what it was about. It was never about protecting the students. And here you see just another study in a long line of studies that shows that the pandemic was so damaging to these kids and it didn't have to be that way. No, it really didn't. And it's fascinating. I mean, I, you know, I hate social media and I complain about it all the time, but every once in a while you get a great moment, which uh, this week's great moment was Randy Weingarten tweeting like there's a rise in public uh, in, in homeschooling going on. Can you believe that? And everybody mm -hmm. responding like, hey, who wants <laughs> yep. to tell her? Uh, it's all you. <laughs> yeah. You're the reason all of this happened. And it's like, I don't know that they even I don't know that they understand it. I, they may. 
they may actually understand it and are just trying to fight off the attacks. I, that, that's an understandable human response yeah. to a terrible situation that they created. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe they are not even aware of it. it it's, I'm starting to think that like we're being taught, our kids are being taught by the dumbest people um, among us. You're just starting TikTok. to think that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if kids are, I'm sorry, but when kids are going to public school, that's exactly who they're being taught by because the way that they're vetting these people is do you belong to these identity clubs that we do? Great, mm -hmm. you're in. I mean, look at all of these, as you point out, TikToks. Look at all these TikToks of these weird, mentally ill teachers with purple hair. And yeah. not that you're mentally ill if you have purple hair. But I'm just saying, they're so, like, they're just so, there's something wrong with these people. They got to wear the, the flag pins. And I'm mm -hmm. not talking about the American flag. And they just, they're, a lot of times, the way that they come across is total narcissist. And you're like... These people are teaching the next generation. These people are teaching the next CEOs and CFOs and entrepreneurs. And it is really terrifying when you see the type of people who are supposed to be getting the next generation ready for success. And they're not going to be telling kids about 9-11 or anything else no. that's important. And look, there are great teachers, of course, that, that are in of public course. schools. But I will say, I think this new mode of schooling is thinning that herd. Yes. Because a lot of those parents are, are, are teachers who are going through this and saying, wait, you want me to teach what? You want me to have give them what library book? You want mm -hmm. me to do? And they're just like, you know what? I got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll go teach at a private school. Maybe I won't teach at all. Maybe I'll find a new job. And over time, the erosion continues and the kids get worse and worse for it. Right. Well, yes. And then the next step is, of course, what we're seeing here in Texas, which is uh, the school choice battle. Mm. Because teachers unions really don't want that. poor kids to get a good education. No, they really don't. Isn't it wild? They don't. They only want rich kids <laughs> to get good educations. Because you have the same people who are fighting against school choice who send their children to private school. Of course they do. <laughs> because they can do it, right? And, and if they you realize have a choice, that it's better. Everyone does it if yep. you have a choice, right? Yep. So, you know, they, I love the phrase that they talk about in the, in the school choice debate, which is uh, school choice always exists. It's just a matter of whether middle class and poor kids can get it. Because rich kids yes. always have school choice. Right. They always, their parents are always able to point. put their kids into good schools. It's just a matter of now, are we going to have a policy that allows the kid from the inner city who's in a really bad school, mm -hmm. you know, to, 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 to be able to avoid that? And I, I, I really, I mean, that is, gosh, if we can get one thing to spread. I, I've been shocked that it spread. We've been talking about that issue for 20 years, and it never seemed like anyone was going to move on it. And COVID really, it really did. illuminated it. COVID, the, I, the I always said, if if the silver lining of COVID can be that we can wake people up to the uh, big, you know, the medical industrial complex and how dangerous that is, and if we can um, finally get people to realize that public schools are, like, from Satan— <laughs> directly <laughs> directly mm -hmm. from satan mm -hmm. then we can at least again covid was not good but if that's a silver lining then great now you brought up satan which made me think of barbara streisand's music <laughs> okay and uh, immediately i can, I can see that you can see yeah. the tie almost yeah. immediately barbara streisand is saying that if donald trump is reelected, she will move she will leave the country oh, no. she she's not sure where she's gonna go yet she oh, thinks no. it might be the incredibly diverse england <laughs> which is much less diverse than the United States. And of course, that would be the reason if a conservative did this. Oh, no. Um, but are you sad? Are you disappointed we're going to lose Babs? Oh. <laughs> Hold on, I need a moment of silence. Okay, that's enough. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I actually volunteered to help her find a place oh, wow. out of this actual country mm -hmm. just to make sure that when the time comes, she follows through with those actions. Because you know, a lot of these celebrities, they say they're going to do it. And I'm like, don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. And then... <laughs> 
and then they don't do it. They it, don't follow it through. It does seem like that's the case. At the end of these roads, every single time, they find a way to stay somehow. <laughs> yeah. And again, this goes back to the very beginning of the conversation. The same people, just like the idiots on TikTok, are like Hollywood celebrities. Yeah. They're the same people who would love bin Laden's arguments in these situations. And yet they all want to live here. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why. It's a really good place. I, I, I bitch about parts of it. You bitch about parts of it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a great place to live. It's the best place to live. And it's not only the best place to live now. It's the best place to live in the history of the world. Wow. Spoken like a true colonist. <laughs> you know... <laughs> funny. I don't think I'm a colonist, but you know, they make, they always do that thing with white privilege. They always yeah. say, oh, you have white privilege. American privilege is really a it thing. Is. It, it is. It is a legitimate, like, it's not it. like white privilege. Yeah. It's, it's, I am proud of it too. I'm glad I have that privilege. I'm glad my kids have that yes. privilege, but it is a privilege. And if you're going to go on TikTok and agree with Osama bin Laden, I don't know. I think we pull the privilege. You just go, <laughs> you go, go live with Barbara Streisand in England. I agree. Go. No, don't live in England. Go straight to Gaza. Yeah. Southern Gaza right now is, is wonderful, and surely it's going to be fine for a very long time to come. Right. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez, you can catch her on the news and why it matters right here on Blaze TV. Sarah, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Coming up Monday night, the Kansas City Chiefs take on America's team, the Philadelphia Eagles, in a wonderful battle uh, that I hope the Eagles win by 47 points. However, most people in my life don't care at all about who wins and who loses that game, largely because Taylor Swift's going to be there. And apparently, Taylor Swift is going to meet, meet the parents. There we go. Parents are going to be expected to meet uh, with, uh, with Tay-Tay for the game. I, I mean, it's funny because, look... It drives me crazy. I want to watch football. That's what I care about. But it is hilarious to see, like, my wife sending me clips of the New Heights podcast with Travis and Jason Kelsey. Um, she sat down and watched an hour-long Jason Kelsey documentary with me about the Philadelphia Eagles season last year. Uh, I'm getting memes and jokes and clips and pictures of the, the center of the Philadelphia Eagles because he's related to the tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs because he's dating Taylor Swift. I mean, there is some entertainment in all of this, but I, this era, uh, as we might say, should end hopefully pretty soon. How long can the phenomenon go on with Tay-Tay? Let me tell you about realestateagentsitrust.com. Buying and selling a home is not fun. It can be uh, great if everything goes right, but you know it also can go terribly, and it can turn your financial future upside down if you screw this up. Plus, if you're like, you know, hey, uh, it's, it's a great house, then you realize that like actually there's heavy construction equipment that rolls through your backyard every day at four in the morning. That might be a problem. Uh, Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the best real estate agent in your area. Why do you need that? Well, just picking one randomly, picking a friend of a friend of a friend is not enough. You need to have the top seller in the business uh, right working with you. Have the best people on your side. That's the best way to go. And these agents are usually like-minded people like you. Uh, they're people that you can do a handshake deal with. So realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the best agent in your area. It's a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, 
social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family mm-hmm. member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids, and it's going to help our country. Hmm. Interesting perspective from Nikki Haley. Uh... A lot to talk about there. I'm joined now by Stephen Kent. He's the media director for the Consumer Choice Center and the author of a new op-ed, Nikki Haley's Lack of Faith in Free Speech is Disturbing, which you can read right now at TheBlaze.com. Stephen, so happy to see your words over at TheBlaze.com. Hey, it's a, a beautiful website y'all got going there. I really like the uh, the new verticals, Return and Align. Mm, yeah, very cool. There's a lot going on. And if you haven't checked out theblaze.com recently, make sure that you do. Your, your column is great on Nikki Haley, and it hits a lot of these main points. Let's start with the government getting involved in this at all, because this is something that makes me really, really uncomfortable. We've been complaining about the media going behind the scenes to censor free speech at Twitter and a bunch of these other websites. And now we have one of the leading Republican candidates coming out and advocating seemingly for a government apparatus to control uh, social media speech a little bit more directly and openly. I don't think we're going in the right direction. Yeah, I have a general policy that when politicians call something a national security threat, it generally is not. Uh, and anonymous bots online, right, or or just sort of username-based accounts who troll you in the comment section of an article, uh, they are not a threat to national security in any way, shape, or form. They might be a little bit disturbing, annoying, disruptive of public order, uh, but Nikki Haley should know very well as somebody who served as our ambassador to the United Nations, that there are societies in the world that are far more orderly than ours, uh, but they are orderly because speech, dissent, and disorderliness is suppressed. Um, Biden just had his meeting this week with uh, with President Xi out in San Francisco. Uh, and, you know, they uh, are a society that, for all intents and purposes, has solved this problem. And it's because people are afraid to speak. Uh, in this country, we don't yet have that problem. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost as if she just did a benefit analysis and not a cost benefit analysis, because I think you can make a legitimate argument that if everyone had their name on the social media site, it probably would be more civil. Like people probably would watch what mm-hmm. they said a little bit more closely. Not always a good thing, by the way. I mean, part of the reason why Internet speech is somewhat interesting is because people will come out with kind of crazy ideas sometimes, and that's OK. But, yeah, it probably would be a little bit more civil. In fact, you could make an argument to me uh, that a, a new social media network that had everyone's real names might be something that maybe I'd even join it. I mean, I don't need another social media network in my life, but maybe I'd even be interested enough to join it. But to have the government come down and enforce this on all these companies is not only not conservative or libertarian. I mean, it is seemingly centrally statist. It's an incredibly authoritarian idea, sort of masked as tiger mom politics. Like this is actually not 
common sense. And it's very easy for someone like Nikki Haley, who I think by all intents and purposes is a, a pretty good, you know, solid Republican option. Uh, but this is actually really dark stuff. What you end up getting with a policy like this is the government passing down mandates to your Facebooks, your Twitters of the world, and they are then in some ways like agents of the state. They have to collect your identity, they have to verify your identity, they have to keep all of your identification in their vaults, right? They have to hold on to that data, uh, turning them into honeypots for potential hackers, you know, targets that you would actually want to break into these social media companies so you could steal people's identities. But then we also know about how much the federal government, the FBI, has coordinated with outlets like Twitter in the past before the Elon Musk days. So imagine a world in which not only you have rabble-rousing accounts on Twitter, like libs of TikTok, which has really like blew the lid open on far-left gender ideology across this entire country, but that Twitter knows who it is is, and they coordinate with the FBI, and the FBI happens to think that people who hold these views are unfavorable, criminal, or dangerous, you immediately have a censorship apparatus in place when you ask for this kind of coordination. It's really dangerous. It's not common sense at all. And social media companies don't want it. They don't want that kind of responsibility, and they're right not to. Hmm. Also, I can't imagine this this passes muster with the First Amendment. I mean, I, the government getting involved in it would be... <laughs> to say nothing of the pesky First Amendment. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it really is. You know, it winds up being the 10th thing we talk about sometimes, but it is kind of important. You know, the Constitution has some pretty bright lines when it comes to what the federal government can do. And when it comes to speech, like, it is really clear. You know, Ron DeSantis brought this up and said, you know, basically, Hey, like, I don't know, a bunch of our founders were writing anonymously. Maybe this isn't such a great policy. And, and while obviously this is, you know, two warring politicians at this point, it is a really good observation. I mean, the, the American um, foundation mm-hmm. here was built on anonymous writings. We are the people who gave, you know, we were the people who came up with the idea. Hey, maybe we should let everybody have free speech rights. Maybe we don't crack down every time the government, uh, every time someone says something against the government that the government does not like. I mean, this is so central to American culture and, and the foundation of this country. It just seems it should be immediately rejected by any sensible candidate. Yeah, you would think so. I, I definitely don't need to repeat everything that you just laid out there, but it's it's absolutely true. I mean, I just think of Benjamin Franklin as silence do good. I think of Publius and the Federalist Papers. The entire discourse around how this country was framed was done so anonymously. Imagine if we actually adopted the mindset that people who put out political theory essays about how our, our government should be uh, handled um, had to always do it uh, with their name on it. You would get a, a far less wide range of speech and ideas that come to the table. Um, I think even right now, I mean, the most influential social media accounts and YouTubers that are out there, I I just think of like comfortably smug, critical drinker, shoe on head, zero (laughs) hedge. There's Doomcock and pour me coffee. They're, They're some of the most influential speakers 
in the world, and they do so behind usernames. If you want to dig up who these people are, you can probably find out. But there's something incredibly powerful about people who come up with personas for putting out their opinions. And it is, uh, it's centuries old <laughs> as a practice. Uh, it's probably far, far older than that. Uh, we need to be really wary of this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly surprised that Nikki Haley floated this, uh, but I'm not surprised that she has immediately started to walk it back because she has united every faction of the post and pre-Trump Republican Party against her on this issue. So yeah. congratulations to her. She finally found the thing that we all agree on. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's funny because... I, if I want to give the best possible reading of this for Nikki Haley, I mean, you look at Nikki Haley, she got into this race, a qualified governor, like she was, there are some candidates, you know, should not be in this yeah. race. They, they really don't have an argument. She has an argument to be in this race. We made she the does, point yeah. at the very beginning that you've got Trump and DeSantis. There's going to be somebody else who makes a run, somebody else that makes an impact. Turns out it looks like it was Nikki Haley, who's risen from kind of nothing to uh, competing with DeSantis for second place. Uh, she's had a good run here. She's getting a lot of TV um, uh, appearances. And it seems like this is just like a real half-baked idea. Like she got asked a question about it. She kind of seemed like in the moment it seemed rational without really thinking it out. And now she's trying to justify it as an actual policy, as if it was a well-thought-out idea. As you point out, she's walking it back now. She's, uh, she's saying, I don't mind anonymous American people having free speech. What I don't like is anonymous Russians and Chinese and Iranians having free speech. I mean, it just seems like she's just grasping for anything to hold on to at this point. Yeah, I, I'm reminded of, of years ago, I, I came on uh, and talked to you and, and both Glenn Beck about how Russian troll farms were engaged in the discourse around Star Wars, The Last Jedi. <laughs> there was a, a huge amount of traceable foreign influence in kind of uh, stirring the pot, if you will, around our conversations about that movie. This happens for a lot of different issues. Um, but as soon as you start treating that, right, cultural meddling in our conversations of national security threat, you are opening the door to authoritarian politics that are wielded against your own population. It's it's Patriot Act 2.0. Um, we've learned lessons, I think, since the war on terror began, and we need to not try to turn that apparatus at our own people. But what I wanna offer here as well is like, there are, solutions to this that are actually being worked on by American entrepreneurs and social media giants. I know that we don't necessarily like or trust these people in Silicon Valley, but they are smart and they actually know that consumers don't like this stuff. They don't like being bombarded by weirdos online under pseudonyms and weird profile pictures. They want to engage with real people. And we have to have some sort of belief in American innovation and entrepreneurs that they're going to actually solve this problem at some point in a way that works for social media. And we also need to have some personal responsibility, some sense of discernment over, yes, you have five people with weird names in your comments section annoying you. Ignore them. You don't need the government to come in here and moderate the tone of conversations between you and strangers. You need to get better as an individual at going, this does not concern me. You're not You're not a real person. Mm. I'm not going to talk to you if you're not going to even use your name. There is a personal individual responsibility element here that we've got to try to encourage people to adopt. Organizations, like they, they tuck and run if they get bombarded by enough trolls. 
We need to have a policy of courage in this country that says organizations don't fall to some sort of bot trolling campaign just because you got a lot of negative comments. Uh, stand up for yourself, say what you believe, and talk to real consumers who are giving you feedback in your comments section. Yeah, and I will tell you, like my feed is pretty good. Uh, when I go on Twitter, I, I actually like it. And the reason is I make heavy use of the mute button which was a feature yeah. introduced by Twitter uh, to uh, make your feed better, and it works, just use it. I mean, that's what I do, and they don't Magic. even, I love too, Stephen, that they don't even know that you've, you've <laughs> muted them, so like, they're just screaming yeah. into the oblivion over and over again, it's so much fun. Uh, Stephen Kent, Media Director for the Consumer Choice Center, be sure to check out his new op-ed, proudly at theblaze.com. It is Nikki Haley's lack of faith in free speech is disturbing. Check it out now, theblaze.com is the place to go to get it. Stephen, thanks so much for coming on the program. Stu, thank you. If you're looking for something to watch over the Thanksgiving break or maybe this weekend, check out The Blind. It's the true story of the Robertson family, and it's now available for purchase on Blaze TV. The Blind takes you on an incredible journey through the life of uh, Phil Robertson, which you've heard him talk about it. It's pretty crazy. Uh, the Blind isn't a Blaze Media production. We didn't make the thing. We don't own the thing. We can't include it, unfortunately, as, far, uh, as part of your Blaze TV plus subscription, but we'd much rather have you purchase it from, I don't know, us rather than Apple or Amazon. Wouldn't you rather have it from us than them? Buy it today. BlazeTV.com slash The Blind. It's $19.99. It's BlazeTV.com slash The Blind. And you can go to BlazeTV.com slash Stu to just subscribe to Blaze TV. Get tons of great programming. The promo code is Stu and you will save 20 bucks off your subscription. BlazeTV.com. Promo code is Stu. Save 20 bucks.